0: Welcome to the Whiskey Lemon Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about escape theory. I want to provide you with a trigger warning. If any mention of depression or suicidal ideation could possibly be harmful for you to hear, please skip this episode. This will most certainly not be the bulk of the episode, but can be very helpful information for all of us to have. I originally formatted this episode into two sections. Part one, covering the definition and examples of escape theory, and then part two, going into when escapism can lead into dangerous territories, so signs you can look out for for yourself and for others. Right before I started recording, I decided to swap the section so that we can go right into the dangerous areas and then end with knowing exactly where we should discipline ourselves to stop the escapism programming that we have gotten used to, while also providing you with real-life details so that it is more applicable. Escape theory is used as a way for us to try and avoid a particular psychological reaction. So instead of it being about whether or not you are physically removing yourself from a particular space or event, it is your attempt to flee from a feeling produced by being in that situation. If giving a public discourse makes you feel anxious, insecure, and afraid, it is not so much the location that you want to escape, but the reaction you are having to this situation. If being around people in an elevator without having anything to say makes you feel uncomfortable or self-conscious, you might take out your phone and aimlessly look for something to distract you. It is not the elevator itself that you want to escape from. You would most likely be perfectly fine stepping into an elevator if you were alone or with people that you felt comfortable with. However, in that instance, you didn't have that and look to your phone to provide a sense of comfort as an escape. Escape from this discomfort or negative self view may help us temporarily avoid a negative psychological reaction, but the behaviors that follow from the motivation to escape said reaction are most often undesirable. There are six steps in escape theory. Number one, not meeting standards. The person has a view based on either societal or personal standards as to how things should be, and they feel that it is not being met. Number two is self-attribution. The person feels that the reason these standards are not being met is based on internal factors, whether that was the way life was intended for them personally or due to their own shortcomings. Number three is elevated level of self-awareness. The person feels that due to number one and number two, they appear to be inadequate, invaluable, or unattractive in some way. This is where escape usually ends for most people, When you get into more of a depressive thinking stage, you may drift on into stage four, which is negative effect. The person feels as though those around them are doing much better than them. And then they feel that they are the things that they appear to be in stage three, such as the inadequate, invaluable and unattractive person. Number five is cognitive deconstruction. This is when the person is now going into a state of irrational thinking, and it can go into a very scary place of depressive behavior and suicidal ideation, and feeling like no one cares about them, and they begin to create meaning out of past instances. They are personally ostracizing themselves psychologically and can go down an internal path of anger or sadness. Number six is disinhibition, which is defined as the inability to withhold a proponent response or suppress an inappropriate or unwanted behavior. It can refer to the production of inappropriate comments and or actions with the inability to properly evaluate risk assessment. This is where harmful and possibly irreversible actions are taken. These steps are very important in not only a self-assessment, but in the mere interaction of those around you to prevent us from going beyond stage three. Proven ways to prevent yourself from going beyond stage three would be, one, communicating with someone you trust or a trained professional. Two, making it a priority to engage in activity that brings you joy, like a walk in nature or watching a television show or a movie that can provide you comic relief. Number three, surrounding yourself with someone you care about. A great way to make us feel good is by making someone else feel good. And number four is finding healing in the discomfort. If necessary, please make sure that you are not alone when you do this. For example, you can stand in the elevator without taking out your phone as a way to help yourself slowly get out of that habit and feeling of discomfort. However, if it is something more severe, like social situations that give you anxiety or being in an area where you fear violence, do it with someone that you can trust. Don't do it alone. So if you do have a setback, you can have someone there with you that knows what you need. With that said, have an open discussion with that person Tell them what you think you will need while stepping into the situation, as well as what you feel you will need if you were to have a setback. At the same time, let that person provide their own suggestions for how they can help you to handle these situations. Their relationship with you can provide a unique perspective that you may not even be aware of. In your interactions with others, be aware of how they speak about themselves, any drastic changes in personality or behavior. Whether more positive or negative, sometimes the former is a way to conceal real feelings. Do not be afraid to ask tough questions if you feel that it could provide you with insight, but also can help the other party. I am also going to include a link for further information and resources. Please know that if you are faced with any depressive thoughts, no matter how alone you may feel in the moment, you are not alone and there are people that want to help and make you feel supported. Escapism. The tendency to escape from the real world for the enjoyment of or security of a fantasy or euphoric world. Escapism may reflect a periodic or routine impulse like that of daydreaming. It may be evidence of or have a correlation with symptoms of neurosis or another psychological pathology. Avoidance behaviors in relation to social anxiety disorder are things that people either engage in or avoid in an attempt to reduce anxiety about being in social situations. These behaviors can be dangerous because they eventually only elicit increased levels of fear. Avoidance behaviors can develop in three different avenues. Avoidance, partial avoidance, or escape. Examples of avoidance would be someone refusing to drive because they are afraid of getting in an accident. Quitting a job because they have realized that there are public responsibilities required. Avoiding social engagements due to physical insecurities or avoiding walking by a neighbor's home because there is a dog on the premises, even if said dog is restrained behind a gate. These are behaviors that are avoided from the outset. The fear of a situation even being possible keeps you from engaging. Examples of partial avoidance would be not making eye contact with someone out of fear or social discomfort. The overuse of words like maybe, I just thought, if you're okay with, or if that's okay with you. Because we are afraid of actually stating our point and want to make it clear, although we want something a certain way, it's ultimately up to the other person and won't be bothered whatsoever if they disagree. Common examples we may see today is someone doing something wrong, apologizing, and the wrong person is programmed to automatically reply with, it's okay, when it isn't. It's what they are used to saying and then just bypass any further discussion, showing that the issue really wasn't worth bringing it up in the first place. Another is the need to be on your cell phone. Do you remember what life was like standing in an elevator with others, standing in line at a grocery store or waiting in a doctor's office and not using your cell phone? There's a level of discomfort that many of us have to not distract ourselves with our phones because we feel awkward otherwise. Partial avoidance does not necessarily keep you from engaging in activities, but it limits your experience. It may put you physically in the activity, but mentally you are not there probably wishing you were somewhere else or hoping that the activity could move along faster so that you can retreat. An example of escape is ending an uncomfortable conversation because it is overwhelming or uncomfortable. Leaving an event early to eliminate any unwanted conversation. This could even correlate to situations where one may exit a relationship or sabotage one so that they do not have to deal with what could come from a future issue or heartbreak. Sometimes escape may not even be a physical act. It can be an emotional one as well. You see a couple break up and one or both go out and get intoxicated with their friends. They say they want to escape the problem, have a good time, and forget all about it. What many of them don't realize is that avoidance really only stabilizes and possibly even exacerbates the emotions that they were already feeling. They get drunk and then all they end up doing is thinking about the situation, maybe even getting angry or crying. Then fast forward to the morning and they are hung over and sitting right in the midst of their feelings. There is a common phrase that I also believe to be true, which is the only way to get through something is actually through it, not around it. We can do all of these other things to try and distract ourselves and escape the problem, but all that does is prolong the healing. We eventually end up back at the place we were trying to stay away from. So, for example, if you avoid walking past your neighbor's house because seeing their dog scares you, your fear of dogs is not going away, you'll just be avoiding the situation. If you avoid public speaking engagements, it doesn't mean that the fear is gone. You're just avoiding the act. And if you can engage in public speaking, but must look down the entire time, well, now you must work on doing that activity without needing that partial avoidance component. In the next week or two, you will hear a conversation that I had been very anxious to have. I even considered canceling, but a wise person told me if it's uncomfortable, then you should talk about it. Avoiding discomfort means no evolution. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review.